Well, I was, I'm told that I'm going to have half an hour and I need to watch my time because uh, I can go for hours and hours. Well, that was a story I just remember. In the Abbey, train someone to be a preacher, but the guy is very, you know, worried about his preaching, uh, very intimidated. So when his turn comes up, and uh, he come up and then just like uh, Roger did, read the scripture, and when finished, he asked the congregation, <clears throat> do you understand the text of the scripture? So everybody said, no, neither do I. <laughs> then he stepped down. <laughs> Next round, you know, his supervisor said, you can't do that. You know, so a- another opportunity, finish the reading, ask the same question. This time, the whole congregation says, yes, we know. And so why have to preach that? So the third time, the supervisor said, this has to be done. And he finished the reading and then um, asked the same question. Now the congregation discussed among themselves. <clears throat> so they said, half the, half the congregation, congregation say yes and half say no. Then the guy said, why don't the yes tell the no? <laughs> preaching is very challenge, but I love preaching. Because the word of God is the power. Now, it's a, it's a whole chapter. You probably find that it's very long, but I think, I keep thinking, if I cut into, you know, only a part of it, you never understand what the text is going to tell you. In the Anglican Church, one of our tradition is we just hear the word of God directly from the Holy Spirit who actually will speak through the word to us. Well, not necessarily through the preacher. That's the Reformation ethos, you know, because the scripture we can read directly from God. And I think when you carefully read the whole chapter, you find a lot of things over there. It's very rich. And I can say, preach at least five sermons in a very different perspective out of the same text. But this morning, my theme is, who is in the driving seat, the beginning of a cross-cultural mission in New Testament church? I want to focus on who is on the driving seat. And this is so important, particularly for any church plants. Because if we don't have that conviction, somehow we're going to lose sight who we are and where we are. And the second part is about the cross-cultural mission. And that is fantastic. God made something great in the early church and now today to us. Now let me answer the first part, who is in the driving seat. You read the whole chapter, you understand the writing, the the way of the writing actually very clearly to tell you. It's the Holy Spirit working through the whole mission. Preparing Cornelius, giving vision to both Cornelius as well as Peter, join them together, and then finally uh, enduring the spirit in Cornelius, the Gentile, 
That's why uh, you probably heard here about you know, uh, book of Acts together with the Gospel of Luke, uh, so called the the book of the Holy Spirit. Now this is very important for you whether you really take it seriously because is it the author try to overemphasizing it, or it it is a realistic, a reality. Or I say the spiritual reality at that time, and so Luke become the witness, the the testimony, what what has happened, and what has happened is the Spirit leading all the way through our Lord Jesus Christ in His ministry, as well as in the early church. And if so, then it should continue the work of the Holy Spirit until now, and in the future. So in a church plan to be the Holy Spirit is leading. It's a matter of whether we can able to discern His leading. This is important. Now the discernment is a spiritual discipline. It's a lot of ways we have to, 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 to look at it. And in fact, this chapter leading to 11 and then to 15, the early church actually facing the big challenge, the first challenge, and we call the Jerusalem Council in 15, to argue how the gospel can go over to the Gentile. By, by doing that, there's a lot of changes, which I say, shifting the paradigm. Shifting the paradigm from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Talk about the gospel and uh, law, and then talk about what is the role of the circumcision. Those are doctrinal, and then you push to... Um, the pastoral theology, which means how the Gentile Christians learn to be a Christian in a context no longer in Jewish culture, no longer those everyone believe in, 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 in God, in Joshua. I mean, uh, in God. <clears throat> That's a huge change. And you come with the you know, New Testament, all the documents, and I want to say, here, here is the turning point, chapter 10. You read from chapter 1 to 9, everything is about preaching the gospel, building the Christian among the Jewish Christians. And not until chapter, nine, uh, chapter 10, all of a sudden, I mean, when I say all of a sudden, means there's no plan in Jerusalem church, which is actually the focus at this time of the early church. They are too busy. Busy means actually they did very well. Thousand and thousand and thousand people believe in Christ. Even the priests, Jewish priests, came to Christ. And so they have a lot of good excuses saying, hey, we are so busy. We haven't had time to look after you know, our people, the widows. That's a tremendous need. And Apostle is so busy. Let us finish that before we move to a new tetric, right? Go to a further job. Well, that's reasonable, isn't it? But very interesting and funny, you look at what happened is God wants to push the ministry further. 
start with our Lord Jesus Christ in his ascension by telling the disciples the gospel has to start with the Jerusalem and until the end of the earth. There is God's timing. But then you may ask, you know, who have the extra time to do that? And God prepared someone called Paul. Converted, become the Gentile missionary. And then his teams of people. And I think the most important thing, I hope this morning you have to remember by heart, is not God just asking people to do something. God actually pioneered. God, the Trinity God, is actually the one who worked before the church. The Spirit worked among the Cornelius. And then the Spirit speak to the Peter. And then invite Peter and his friend to Cornelius' home and witness what the Spirit has done. I think this is a very beautiful picture, isn't it? I don't know whether you have seen, experienced that picture that you were being invited to someone or family and you realize suddenly, oh, they have already believed in Christ. And you are the one to go and do the harvesting. And all of a sudden, you find God is, the, the Spirit is working so hard. Even the church is not moving. That's come to the theology we, <laughs> for, for, this, for debate. Is it the salvation outside the church? <laughs> Means, you know, is God is at work outside the church. Working among a lot of culture and people, uh, they are not Christianized. Missionary is not, still not there. But is God working already? Those are very inspiring things. We have to, through this chapter 10, and think deeply. So we come back, you know, here, chapter 10. Um, we call, first of all, the double visions, casting. The first vision is cast to Cornelius. And then there's two, uh, two texts. One is uh, verses 1 to 8. I'll tell you about what happened to these Roman officers, godly, devoted person understand and trust there's a God in this universe and try to practice whatever he believes amongst his families, his job, among his army, society, people he ruled, and so he be being recognized as a godly person. But he, I think something missing is he didn't know Jesus Christ. You know, I come from, uh, I'm a Chinese, I come from China, uh, Asia. And when I become a Christian, people usually, often, ask the same questions. What, uh, what happened to those who had never been heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ? In other words, what about those people in the past? Do they have the time, an opportunity to be saved? Now, this is a good illustration. God still ministers to people whom we don't know. 
because God is a God of all nations. Everyone belongs to Him. It's something beyond our thinking because, you know, we are just human. But here, the Spirit ministers the neediest. And the missing part is important because he needs to know Jesus Christ. And so that's why he uh, asked him to go to Joppa and to invite Peter, the apostle, to come and share the gospel. And so Cornelius uh, explained two times, verses 1 to 8, his personal experience in the vision. And then the second part, verses 30 and 33, he gave an open testimony among his people by saying, this is the vision God called me through the angel. And the other, the other part is the same to Peter. Verses 9 to 16, he has a vision in noontime, and uh, he was hungry. And then when you were hungry, God would give you a vision. That's what happened to Peter. Now, <clears throat> the vision is about food law. But in this context of the whole chapter, this is not the primary thing. But to Peter, it's going to be challenged because it's being invited to go to a Gentile home. So start with the food law. Even Peter has been, has been become a Christian. He's still not knowing how to deal with the Old Testament law and the New Testament gospel. It's not his... It's not a time he can able to wrestle. It's a job later done by St. Paul. And so he is being stuck there, you know. But the vision is very clear. The voice said to him, everything, food created by God is clean. Now, I'm sure, you know, Peter should know something about from Jesus' teaching about the food. One time in Mark Gospel, by saying, Food outside cannot pollute a person inside. But Peter didn't fully grab theologically, you know, how to link with Old Testament to New Testament. So he only uh, gave his obedience and listened and submit. So <clears throat> that's why in verses um, uh, 28, at Cornelius' home, he gave that public witness about the vision. So you see, both have personal and then public. And two visions actually connected together by the Holy Spirit. And later on, in 11 and then 15 chapters, that become the ground of the whole discussion about the Gentile mission. Do you see how God is working in his own church, among his people, steps by steps? Um, and, and then you notice that, you know, today we talk about a lot of accidental, uh, you know, emphasis, or you call it theology, 
everything about my own personal feeling. But you look at here, we do have this part, but not the only part. Because when vision of God comes, it won't come to one person. But it comes from, uh, it comes to uh, the, the apostle first. And through the apostle to his people. So Peter brings six people, actually, to Cornelius' home. And then later on, when in Jerusalem Council, there's a huge debate with the college of apostles, all the leaders, and they come to a serious, serious debate. But you notice, you know, the conclusion is basically uh, agree in the ministry of mission and evangelism because they see how the Holy Spirit is working. So I, I, I always advocate, you know, I, today if we're going to you know, reflect whatever mission we are now doing, theologically we might not come to a mature situation can able to know how to articulate. But the Holy Spirit always starts with things not in philosophical sense. It starts all the time with human contact. It's a people-oriented ministry. It's a people concern. And so you see the Holy Spirit start with the mission, with the outreach, with the contact, with the conversion. And then later on talk about church order and structure and everything. And that is a very biblical way for us to learn how to do mission. I said that the whole thing is not talking about just food law. Those are not the primary thing. Behind the big thing we call the cross-cultural mission from Jews to Gentiles. And I mentioned that it come to because when you come to the Gentile context, no longer the, from the uh, so, um, Jewish background, there's a lot of things is actually is pioneer. When you can able to uh, convert someone, you know, like uh, a spouse and a family, that's what happened in Korean church, become a Christian. And here, you, you, if you encounter, there's a lot of cases uh, the same situation. A husband or wife believe in Christ but not the other one. Then how do you um, minister the family? Say on Sunday. Come to the church, the other not. And there are people who see, you know, if they don't identify Christianity, they will say you split and divide the church. Now I was brought up in a non-Christian family. My parents are not uh, Christians. And when I was um, <clears throat> a teenage and went to the church, you know how, how, how bad it is? Every time my uh, parents scold me, you know, and wh wh whatever happened in my sc uh, school records, not good enough, they would blame because you spent too much time at church and fellowship or Sunday school, whatever they said. Sometimes they even don't understand what it is. They just say, this is the reasons. So one time, you know, I said to my elder daughter, Grace, I said, do you, do you, know, do you understand how, how difficult your father, you know, uh, 
uh, to be a Christian and uh, stand firm on his faith. And he, she uh, thought about it for a moment and said to me, uh, uh, before I said to her, I said to her, you know, I'm being scolded by your grandparents. And she said to me, you know, after thoughts and said, yeah, I'm being scolded by you if I'm not going to the church. <laughs> I want to say, in Singapore times, actually, there's a lot of new challenges. And even not taught by our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, shopping. You know, how to do shopping. Going to buy meat. Right? In, in Korean church. Because all the meat actually is through the temple. So how a converted can able to do his shopping or her shopping. Now those are all new things coming out, and that's why St. Paul said, that is not being taught by our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I tell you, that's what he said. It's not arrogant word, it's to tell, that, tell us a cross-cultural mission, you are going to face a lot of new challenges. And how are we going to deal with that? That is a whole effort being done in the early church and continue it's supposed to be now. To be now. We are Gentile. You, know, you people are Gentile. I'm a Gentile. But there's still a lot of people, they don't believe in Christ, they don't hear anything about Christ. You, you, you share the gospel, you're going to face a lot of new scenario and context, and you need the wisdom and the script, scriptural revelation for you to understand, to develop a new, what we call the pastoral theology, and you can able to put the gospel further. And that's what St. Paul is doing. You know, talk, he talks about the gen, gender, right? Ego gender, and then how to relate with economic class, you know, the master and the servants, and then how to do family relationship. Those are all key things in every society. And that is our challenge for the cross-cultural mission. Um, get back to chapter 10, when St. Peter realized, you know, hey, this is the work and sign by the Holy Spirit. And knowing what's going on, then he started to preach the gospel to the Carnelians and his families and the relatives and his friends. So you look at that preaching, basically it's more or less the same in chapter 2, when he preached in the Pentecost day, Pentecostal day, so to speak, talk about Jesus' life, ministry, death, you know, means atonement, and then resurrection, judgment, and ask people for forgiveness. Now, both are the same, almost more or less the same. The message is the same. And that is the highlight part of the whole chapter. Christ is the center. Christ. And that's why the Holy Spirit invites St. Peter to come to proclaim the gospel. Now, that is a partnership between us and God. God is working among human parts, but he invites his servants to get along, alongside to preach the gospel. 
And so when Cornelius converted, then Peter and his friend become the witness in Jerusalem Council. That is the will of God. And the last thing I want to say, <clears throat> it's very interesting. In the text, when Peter finished his preaching, something happened. Did you realize that? What happened? As the Holy Spirit came down and dwelling among everyone, signifying equality, there's no uh, favoritism. And then the Canadians actually spoke tongue and praised the Lord. Now you have to notice uh, not just the, the phenomenon, the sign, but the timing, the order. The order is the Holy Spirit in drought. And then Peter said, wow, then why didn't we do the baptism then? So it means that the indwelling done before the baptism. Now, I'm not sure whether that meant anything to you. It meant to me, because in, in, in uh, contemporary church history, there's a big, big argument about the whole thing. And then you, I don't know where you hear about the second baptism. You know, there's two baptisms, you know. And uh, I heard about when I was studying theology in, six, uh, in 70 and 80. Now, how do, how do we look at that? I give you my understanding. Because when you look at, like, Jesus Christ, his baptism, his baptism, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, and what happened? The, the heaven opened, and then the Holy Spirit came like a dove, right? And that is done in baptism. And that's how our liturgy in Anglican Church, very clear. The Holy Spirit come in baptism. So here, why the, the, the Holy Spirit came before the baptism? Now my reading is, again back to uh, my emphasis at the very beginning. Because God wants to tell Peter, the Jerusalem church, the mission belongs to, to God. It is God's ministry for everything. And he is in sovereignty. So he worked before man. Even this time. That sovereignty, back to the whole thing. I mean, you look at Genesis, the creation. Before the creation, God already prepared for the salvation. That's what we believe. And God made covenant with Abraham and ever since. God take initiative. Jesus came, the incarnation showed God initiative. And the Bible say, you know, it's not that we love God first. It's God love us first. That First, an initiative show God concern and manifest His love. 
this is the one, this is, this is what we believe. This is the God what we believe, whom we believe. And God always cares. This is how I read this. And so God wants Peter to, and his people to know that it is God's work. And so when he go back and you look at chapter 11, report what has happened, people are not happy with him break the law by visiting the Gentile family and accusing him, even he's an apostle, you know, the leader of the Jerusalem church. But Peter made it very clear. Strong conviction. God affirmed him. This is my work. And that's how St. Peter is being confirmed that and so when come to 15, he has that kind of strong conviction, same as St. Paul, and overturn the tie and change the whole direction of early church and ever seen to the Gentile, to Europe, to Africa, around the whole world today. I think this is magnificent, and I think this is exciting because Chapter 10 is a dividing line of the book of Acts. And uh, it helps us to understand a lot. We have to go beyond what we call our box, our cultural constraint, even what we call our tradition. There's a lot of things happen beyond our learning. One of the things I want to share with you is, uh, I just came back from Thai, the second time, Thai border, visiting and helping and supporting uh, the Ministry of Anglican Diocese in Singapore, working there to the Karan people, the Burmanists. When I went there, I talked to my team, and I said, one thing we have to learn, one thing we have to learn, is try to see what God is doing there. In a very limited resources, or living standard far below than you, even poor. But God's still working something magnificently. They may be poor, but spiritually may not. They may be limited in resources, but they are strong in sustaining their faith and carry on and carry on, and carry on. Those are valuable spiritual gifts we should learn from the other part of the world because God is doing something, not according to our thinking or our way, His way. And still working among those people. So this is what chapter 10 tells us. We come out from the box, and when we come out from the box, then we realize God is a God of all nations and of universe and in reign of this world, no matter what. With that discernment, you can find a lot of interesting stories, history, how the Spirit is at work everywhere and invite us, like Peter, 
to join him in a mission and be his witness.